Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. Hi, I'm Joseph Whitney. And I'm David Campbell. Welcome to Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction technology, processes, and beer. David, man, welcome to another episode of Brewing with Bim, man. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today we take some time to talk about digitizing the construction industry and really, um, I guess, giving into Bim. Giving into Bim. I love that. Giving into Bim. That's a better title than digitizing construction. I like that. <laughs> giving into Bim. Um, I think we're going to rename this. <laughs> um, I like it. You know, I think that this is just such a long, long-term conversation, right? This is the theme of every episode, right? Digitizing construction, giving into BIM, whatever. It's the, it's the, it's what we're always going to be talking about. But I think it's kind of cool today that we're going to highlight some, some key, you know, things that uh, really drive the, the uh, adoption to uh, digitizing and, and, um, you know, giving into BIM, if you will. So I, I think that's pretty important. And obviously, we're going to talk about this ongoing just like everything else that we do um i you know uh i, I do want to start off by by mentioning man we missed last week that was a fumble like we had the perfect opportunity to do a podcast in fact i think maybe we missed two weeks but we had the perfect yeah. opportunity because we were both together in the same same city uh we already had drinks in hand like this would have been a perfect opportunity for us while we were up in uh, indiana yep. um <laughs> but uh Hey, uh, uh, we had we had a great time still. <laughs> yes, we did. A few too many Robert the Bruces. <laughs> oh man! Uh, for any of our listeners that have not had a Robert the Bruce Scotch Ale, um, it is fantastic, and they catch mm-hmm. up to you real quick. So. Uh, oh yes. Uh, you know. Shout out to Three Floyds, Monster, <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> yeah, great, great brewery. I I, uh, I do want to preface this. Um, I was really prepared last week with a great beer that was recommended to me by a new friend of mine that I made in Cincinnati. Um, it was uh, Rheingeist Brewing, their um, Truth uh, IPA. I was so excited to have that on the podcast. Um, but uh, you know what? I just couldn't wait uh, until, until our schedules aligned, so I went ahead and drank it. So today <laughs> I am drinking um, a little present housewarming gift that I got from my uh, brother-in-law. It is a bottle of uh, Lafroy Select, uh, and if you guys aren't familiar with Lafroy, it's a great uh, single malt scotch. Um, the cool thing about it is, with every bottle, you get a little certificate to a piece of land in the uh, the Islay region of Scotland. So it's it's pretty cool. You get like a little, you save up enough, and uh, who knows, maybe maybe you might have enough to to <laughs> to build <laughs> to build on. Uh, highly unlikely. Uh, considering it's all peat bog, but um, it's still pretty cool. It's uh, I, I like it. So, have you had Lafroy before? I have not tried that yet. No, you're uh, piquing my interest, though. Oh, it's great, man. Uh, next time we're in the same uh, uh, same state, same city, it's it's my treat, man. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll bring the Lafroy. So, right. uh, what about what about you, man? What are you drinking on today? So, uh, my I was out in uh, Indiana last week, as you said, and I, I spent some time with my mom, and she actually got me 
a bottle of Larceny bourbon. So it's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And it's a, a small batch whiskey made out of uh, Lombardstown, Kentucky. And uh, I just, I, I love the, uh, I kind of love the vanilla notes that I'm finding in it. The, the little bit of honey and vanilla notes that it's got. I, I mix it up uh, into an old fashioned. That's, that's uh, it's pretty great. I'm, I'm like you on that, uh, on that front. I love a good old fashioned. It is a very hipster drink. Uh, I love drinking <laughs> in Portland, ordering in Portland, getting the disgusted bartender look like, oh, my God, another one of these. But I don't <laughs> care. They are delicious, and that is the great way to drink whiskey, um, especially a good rye. Like, uh, man. Uh, oh, but, yeah. Uh, you, you talked up larceny pretty well on uh, some of our calls uh, this past week, so um, I'm looking forward to trying that um, at, at some point in time. I think that'll be <laughs> that'll be pretty pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. Whiskey makes for good times, especially in cold weather, man. It's uh, it's it's definitely uh, my drink of choice. Warms your insides, exactly. Yeah, warms your insides. <laughs> you know, so um, you know, you and I have drank IPAs both at the same time and everything, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think we both drink um, uh, the same cocktails before. So, you know, I think it's pretty cool today that you're drinking a whiskey and I'm drinking a whiskey. A little little different. Uh, uh, flavor profiles there, but Hey, at least they're both whiskey. So that's, yes. that's a good start for us, man. <laughs> yeah, I agree. At, at, at some point in time, this brewing with BIM, uh, we're going to have to add the brewing part and start making our own alcohol. Oh, dude, I'm so excited for that. Honestly, I've been planning a couple different brews. Um, I've got an idea for a red ale and then a, uh, American IPA, um, is what I want to, I, I got, I got those two essentially kind of set up right now. I need to get a bigger, um, brew kettle is what I really need. I've been trying to get a stainless, um, uh, 10 quart is what I really, uh, what I really want to get or 10 gallon, 10 quart. Good Lord. A 10 gallon is really what I want to get. So I can essentially get all my, um, my grains and everything steeped and then go ahead and pour it in it as a seven, seven to eight gallon. Um, and then kind of just fill it up from there. Oh man. Yeah. I, uh, I'm starting from scratch. I, um, so, you know, I quit, I think I told you this, I quit brewing when I left, um, uh, Texas. And then there was a six year period where I was in Oregon and, uh, you know, I was just spoiled by all the best microbrewers or, or at least, you know, the perceived best microbrewers, right. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they're great, great brewers everywhere. So not, you know, don't offend anybody. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I gotta tell you the, the IPAs in the Northwest are, are phenomenal. Um, so I was a little spoiled there and I didn't really see the need to start brewing. Although I had that itch, I did get together with some of the members of the, the, the local 290 there, the plumbers, steam fitters, um, union there in, uh, Dwalton. And, uh, almost every one of them has some wicked setup. Like they, you know, they're, this is what they do for a living. They, they, you know, they ran this stuff correctly. They've got really, really high end, nice nice setups and uh i just want you know i just want to mimic one of those one of these days because their stuff is is beautiful so if you haven't connected with that union man you i got a few people after this call that i'll put you in touch with touch with and uh um, you got to see what they've got going on that sounds like a good time honestly yeah yeah cool cool man nothing nothing better than uh, alcohol (laughs) and construction i love it Uh, (laughs) oh man uh speaking of alcohol and construction i had maybe one sip of this uh Lafroy and I was uh, taking my um, my trash cans out to the curb because tomorrow's trash day, and uh, I had uh, some fluorescent bulbs. Yeah, yeah, I threw them in the trash can. You know, sue me. Um, 
but uh, they broke when when wheeling them over, and one shattered and it just sliced my hand very nicely. Oh, so, <laughs> oh man! So uh, one sip of alcohol <laughs> is all it takes, yeah. apparently. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is what it is. But uh, yep, yep. oh, anyways, man, I, I wanted to kick this off. Uh, I wanted to say thanks to my friends in Cincy for recommending. Uh, Ryan, guys, unfortunately, it didn't make it long enough to uh, uh, this podcast, um, maybe for another one or when we do our tap tours out that way, um, we'll definitely hook up and, and get Ryan guys involved because uh, I went and toured their facility. It is beautiful and they've got amazing, fantastic beers. So uh, with that, though, man, uh, you know, uh, digitizing construction or giving into BIM as, as it's mm-hmm. better known now, I guess. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Like when, when we set up this topic, what were the things that came to mind and where are so, you thinking about taking this? <clears throat> what I was thinking of is really maybe that um, either construction, you know, GC or that subcontractor, anyone that's really starting to get into this BIM stuff, right? You're, you're just kind of getting into it. Like where, where can we start to improve our processes? We we have a lot of paper. We know that we have an issue. We know that it slows us down, but we don't know where to go. We don't know what to start with, right? And there's all of this information out there. There, it's like opening a floodgate when you start looking at videos of Revit, videos of AutoCAD, or you know VectorWorks, Bentley, whatever you're looking at. It's kind of like opening the floodgates when there's just so much information there. Like, okay, where do we start? I mean, there's there's so many construction apps out there, everything. I, I think that we kind of break it down and, and take it to that entry level in, in terms of where do we start? How do we get into BIM? And, and for me, that, that comes in a few different stages. First is going to be digitizing the forms, digitizing your construction forms. So any RFIs, any submittals, um, anything that you can start just making into a PDF format that's fillable, something that it doesn't, ha- you don't have to, you know, really, you know, mail to anyone. You don't have to try and scan it, anything like that. Leave it in PDF format or even let's, let's take it a step further. Let's, let's take it a step to Excel spreadsheets, you know, Microsoft Word, all that kind of stuff. And maybe hosting it in something like Bluebeam Review. In, in a Bluebeam Studio session or a project. That, uh, let, uh, a license of Bluebeam Review is what? $350 a year? And that's a fully paid license. You start using something like that in studio, putting up the daily reports, putting up your timesheets, anything like that, the submittals, the RFIs, as I kind of said, into something like that. And it's simple, it's basic, it's real easy to get into. And that's the first step of really getting giving into BIM is what I feel. I, I like that. I think that's a great way to keep it simple. If we're talking PDF creation, uh, Adobe, Bluebeam, you know, whatever it is, uh, ideally Bluebeam, right? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> hey man, we love our we love our AEC <laughs> tools, buddy. Um, but that's a great first step. You're talking about digitizing paper forms. Mm-hmm. For you though, what do you think the best benefit is, or the main benefit is? I mean, I, I'm I'm biased. I know why I want to digitize construction, and I have um, uh, a canvas well response already ready. But 
I, I want to ask oh. you, man, what's your biggest benefit? What do you think is the biggest you, benefit of ledger, leveraging or moving oh, from man. a paper process to digital? There's so many things, honestly. I mean, it's getting a higher definition of your surveying, your geolocation. You're going to get into the next generation of your 5D, like the building information modeling. You're going to get into digital collaboration, which is allowing you to share models with others and kind of pick up any design issues or any issues that could be there um, through, well, let's say clash detection, something like that, either collaboration in BIM 360 or Navisworks, kind of wherever you're going. And then you're getting into the advanced analytics, which is really where we're trying to go into that future-proof design and construction. Like, if you can get the analytics of everything, you're looking at how your projects are going, and you can start predicting how these projects are going to go. So as I'm going to bid, I've had a project kind of like this. It's not exactly the same, but based off of these numbers here that I'm seeing these metrics, I can kind of go ahead and, and accurately bid this project or get a better idea of the timeline that it'll take for us to do this, anything like that. So you, uh, I think you read my mind there. <laughs> you channeled, like you totally channeled me when you said analytics. <laughs> I, I know you were, you were doing some kind of like meditation before this or something. Read my mind. Um, that's totally where I was going. I was, my whole thing is, um, if you if you have a digital process, it allows us to analyze and get metrics. One, so that we um, we can improve on it. Um, but two, so that you know we can analyze what we did wrong. Um, not only chart a better course to to make it you know make the process more more efficient, but mm -hmm. then to take it that next step and actually start building in um, improvement protocols. Essentially, this is that Six Sigma nerd in me, right? Um, that we can actually like start streamlining it and getting it even tighter and tighter, get that lean in construction, if you will, and, and, uh, be able to just can, you know, drive that home continuously improve because, uh, you can never get better unless you take that first step and actually like analyze where you, what you're doing today. If, if you don't, if you don't take that step back and say, all right, what are we doing today? Then you're never going to know how you can improve or where your, your, your hangups and hiccups are. Yep. I completely agree. I completely agree. And it's it's really pushing forward that we're looking we're really looking to. Right. We're looking to the yeah. future. You're saying I've done this. I've done that. Where can I improve? And then also seeing, you know, I, I don't want to say seeing, but giving into something like I, and this is going to be bad of me, but artificial intelligence or that generative design, mm -hmm. the generative construction. I mean, if we can start about. sharing that, man. And, and really giving into that idea, gosh, the sky is the limit. So um, it's interesting that you brought this up uh, without me having to actually stare you down this because this is in my notes to, to, to actually bring up. <laughs> this is great. So first I want to start with, um, yes, digitizing existing construction processes, whether they're paper or not, is always great. But then we have to take it a step further and get to that digital digital twin uh, model uh, where we have a really robust, you know, kind of highly detailed model that is highly representative to what we're doing out in the field. Um, and, you know, it's replicated and collaborated on and all that sort of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So once we get to this point, though, we can apply apply that those AI principles and get to that generative design. Or maybe we start with generative design and we give it these constraints and we say, hey, look, you know, here's here's um, 
you know, my my footprint of the building, the owner wants this many square feet, this many hospital rooms, this, 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 and this. And, you know, follow these these standards, these engineering standards and principles, and then give me the best, you know, thousand, you know, run through a thousand designs, and then I'll pick which one is best. Like, we're getting to that point. That's coming. But there's something even more powerful on the generative design that is already out there, and it's amazing. So um, we're talking about digitizing construction processes. Uh, you mentioned Bluebeam, PDF creation. Great, great first step. Now let's bypass the need to export and print and move on to working in a more immersive environment. What I mean is let's get to a place where you know we're modeling an AR or VR. Um, let's get to a point where um, you know uh, AI is doing a lot of that design. And there's already a company out there. Um, that I'm blanking on the name of the company, but the product is called Gen MEP. And there's two things you can do. You can upload a, an existing model and it'll auto route everything for you, your pipes, your, you know, whatever you define systems, it'll all find, it'll route your conduit and your pipes in there. Does it off of the existing design or two, if you have a point cloud, it'll do it as well. So it's using the algorithms in the background to figure out how to lay out that, uh, everything in that, um, that project for you. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. That is pretty awesome, dude. And I mean, honestly, that gives into saving us a lot of time. It's saving us a lot of time and money. It is, especially when you factor in AI for, um, you know, so with Fabrication Cat MEP, we could run scripts essentially and tell it where we want the, I know I'm getting a little off topic on the digitizing, but this is all part of digitizing. So um, this is just the the evolution of it, right? Yeah. If we get to the point where, We've uh, digitized it. We've got you know, we've got models. We're, we're we're fully on board with this process. Um, we can take it a step further um, and use AI to so fabrication cut MEP. If you're not aware, uh, we can run scripts to tell it where we want to make these cuts for the best cost efficient, um, um, you know, material saving, all that sort of stuff. And it'll it'll run all these algorithms. But imagine just AI doing this for you and telling you, hey, look, if you bend this like this or you know, taking it a step further and saying, actually, if you make this tweak here, it fixes your whole design. You get a higher flow rate and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, it's doing all this for you, but at the same time telling you where to cut and then telling your tiger stop, you know, uh, feeding all that information, your tiger stop, making those cuts automatically. Like all this stuff is getting there. Um, and it's pretty remarkable to see it coming full circle. Um, yeah. But so anyways, that's like uh, pie in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> You know, super advanced digital, con, you know, con, construction environment stuff. But uh, um, uh, while we're, you know, talking about digitizing construction, I just figured it'd probably be good segue to yeah. talk about uh, cool things that I've been running across this week. And I learned a lot of that stuff about Gen M MEP from a, a contractor I was actually visiting, uh, MEP contractor I was visiting uh, while I was in Indianapolis actually this past week. So uh, yeah. right before I met up with you, I. Uh, hung out with those guys in, in Indy, and then I went up, met up with you, and uh, then uh, Michigan, and then back to, uh, where, where do I live now? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> where am I? Where, what state am I? <laughs> Pittsburgh. What day is it? <laughs> uh, I got to say, this all kicked off uh, because I was doing some, and I love doing it, preaching that uh, construction, technical construction gospel, uh, so I had a chance to preach that to some of our colleagues uh indianapolis and i did a session today at our local office here um but uh i got to meet up with uh, a few contractors on the way and engineers along the way and learn what they're doing and uh it's great to see 
you know, everybody talks about the West Coast, you know, the great technology adopters. The, oh, yeah. They're they're bleeding edge. They're they're doing it all and all that stuff. And trust me, amazing stuff is happening on the West Coast. But I got to tell you, the amount of BIM that I start that I'm starting to see um, through uh, Indiana and Ohio and, and Illinois and stuff. Uh, oh, man, it's it's beautiful. I, I love seeing what I'm seeing right now. Yep, I just say I just I know there's a slower adoption rate. That's the biggest thing that I'm seeing. Well, what do you think that is? Why do what do you think the the laggard in uh, digitizing construction and or or advancing construction technology is, and why is it so prominent on the West Coast? I have again, I have my own opinion, as I always do. So uh, let's hear. Uh, well, if I'm honest, it's probably because there's a lot more money on the West Coast. Um, there's a lot of things being thrown around. I mean, there's a lot of, of digital, um, kind of applications out here ready to be, um, thrown in. I mean, the, the West coast though, if I, I, cause I grew up in Indiana, I see that the West coast and just the time that I've been out here, they are more forward thinking in terms of investing on, you know, the halo lens, lenses that do the. AR overlay of, of sites that you're walking through, things like that. Oh yeah, the HoloLens, HoloLens too. I can't wait to get my hands on one of yeah. those. Dude, you're not you're not seeing that in Indiana yet. In the Midwest, really, it takes a little bit of time to really get its way over there. Where you know why? What's that? Do you know why the no. money is there and and the the adoptions there? Why? My, my theory is it's the owners. And in fact, I know it's the owners in, in a lot of these cases where yep. I'm seeing the adoption. The owners that are on the West Coast, again, they they're own they're similar owners in the East Coast and the Midwest as well, but um, they're really giving budgets, technology budgets, to approve cases. You know, hey, mm-hmm. here's you know an ex- here's here's five you know headsets you know made by us, and I'm not going to name the customers and the projects that that we've been a part of, but. Um, Here's, you know, five headsets, you know, give me a use case for it or give me a, a model at the end that that this will take in. And uh, so we can show it off and make, you yep. know, case studies and business cases around it, all that stuff. But they're the owners. They're the owners that are driving that technology adoption. They're the ones that are giving the the contractors, whether they're sub, uh, ME, you know, mechanical and piping or their GC, these great tools or these budgets for these great tools. Yep. Um, or and- the, the, the flip side of that is um, – uh, GCs and MEP firms and uh, contractors in general are seeing owners give that money to them uh, or uh, to others on that project, and then they're using the the case study out of it, and they want to win the next project, so they're going out and buying their own version of that and coming up with their own processes just so they can market themselves as being, you know, t- 10 years ago it was saying that hey we're BIM we're you know we're we're cutting edge we're doing clash detection we're doing coordination we're doing uh, uh, 3D modeling, we're, we're BIM. Now it's that next step is saying that, hey, look, we are, um, you know, you know, feeding information to FM systems and doing, uh, providing you with a VR model so that you can sell your condos before they um, ever get built or, you know, yep. see the views, all this stuff. Like that's the next step. That's where we're getting. And uh, it's those firms out there that have been um, kind of already, I want to yep. say already, uh, uh, they're already adopting it. And it, yeah. honestly, it's, it's, if I'm, if I'm thinking about it, 
The reason I want to say that is, is because they've been exposed to it longer. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, exposed. They, they're <laughs> exposed to it. They, they, right. it's, it's part of the everyday kind of thing now. The, yeah. the owners out here on the West Coast expect it, and they're ready to, to kind of give in to technology to say, okay, if I spend $10,000, $10, well, I'm stuttering. Oh, the alcohol is kicking in already. But <laughs> if... Uh, <laughs> If I spend $10,000 up front on this project, maybe I don't make all my money back with this one right here, but as it goes into the second project, oh yeah, I'm making my money back and then I'm making my money more as I go on to the third and fourth project because I win more projects. I start getting more projects because I'm adopting this. We've had customers that were gifted a budget for um, AR, VR to prove the use case. And they went through and did a visual clash. Yes, they had already clashed and coordinated the model in Navisworks. But afterwards, they went through and did a visual clash using the goggles, the headsets. And they actually found like stuff that you know was like $30,000, even $30,000 or something like that. So had they actually had to buy those headsets, they, they would have actually paid for themselves on that one project. Like it's, yep. um, it's totally possible to catch this stuff and, and to do it. Um, and I think I, again, getting off topic on, on digital construction, giving into BIM, but um, I think that the, if we're saying giving into BIM, the owners on the West coast are the ones that are giving into BIM more. They're yep. giving in technology. They're giving the budgets. They're, they're the owners in the general. The owners yeah. in general need to give into BIM. They yeah. need to understand that BIM is part of the, and, and BIM makes their life easier. It really does. The yeah. owners should be a part of the process. They should know what's going on. Now, I'm not going to say throughout the entire process because, yes, sometimes they don't want to be attached. Sometimes they don't care to know what's every RFI, every submittal that's going through. But you know what? A lot of these owners out there are actually looking through those. They're seeing what's going on. They know what's going on on their projects. Yeah, There's that's different- actually – that's a great point is – Giving access to uh, owner, you know, owners access to the to the project management, um, you know, at least a dashboard where they're seeing the mm-hmm. RFIs come through and and uh, being able to visualize how this impacts the project, you know, whether we're talking scope, whether we're talking time, whether yep. we're talking budget, um, seeing how those RFIs coming through if they're actually you know in, uh, affecting the project at all, but then you're also seeing. Um, you know, there's new technology coming out every day where, uh, if a change happens, we're able to see how that change is affected. Um, you know, that, that iteration like this, if we change this room over here, what does it mean for the costs? What does it mean for the systems that are involved? Like we'd be able to, to see that, uh, more readily, um, and more easily, uh, by all of this, um, uh, technology, right? Typically, yep. we wouldn't have been able to do it because if you're talking about making changes and you're just drawing it out on a napkin or you're, you're sketching over yep. or you're, you're, you know, making some markups on a PDF, you can't track that. You can't, you, you know, you're not making nope. those estimates and all those changes aren't making it back into a database to say how much it's affected you. But, you know, five projects in, you can get an, an analysis and say, hey, look, you know, the average, uh, um, cost per change order is this and what does it mean for our project and our timeline like get we 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 be able to fine tune and hone in like certain certain things like that like well, yeah change at every is, point you know, extra three weeks we know you know it, it's um predictable analytics i guess yep. is, is the big thing 
Well, at any point when you're looking at that information, it's feeding into every phase of your design from conceptual into schematic into construction that you're, you're, you're going through every phase. I mean, in, in, in that kind of sense, when you, when you're budget minded, when, when, when owners and everyone start accepting or learning, I want to say, and then accepting the different processes of construction, what happens here can affect this. It, it not only affects your budget, it affects your timeline. This is how it can typically, typically affect it. Things like that. It's starting to educate everyone that's involved in the process and getting everyone on the same kind of page, right? And that's another thing that we're really trying to get into because, I mean, everything has to change. And then getting everyone on to – I want to do shout-out hashtag BIM360 here. But <laughs> getting everybody on that platform – to see kind of what's going on, see that as things change in the design, see as things change on the site, oh, we, we ran into this issue, how it's going to affect my budget, how it's going to affect my timeline, and then applying that again through analytics into our future projects. Yeah. That's the way to go. So so I, I think we're scaring people today, right? Because we're talking about the Again, I started it with gener you know, generative design and MEP and AI and point clouds and blah, 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 blah. But if we were to talk about, again, going back to, hey, look, I'm you know, Mr. Five-Person Firm. What does it mean for me to get into BIM and digital construction and how do I actually leverage it? You, know, you, you hit the nail on the head with uh, Bluebeam, but what are some other – you know, thoughts on and low cost points of entry, right? Because so oh. the, the, the first the first thing for for any um, uh, firm, right? You know, anybody mm -hmm. signing those checks for technology is how much is this going to cost and how much is it worth for me? Like, am yeah. I going to make money? Uh, am I going to save money? Um, are you going to speed up stuff? Like what's going to happen out of this? Where's this ROI? And, and let's have that conversation about where the real benefits come in. Uh, at a low cost of entry, like where do you see this stuff happening? I mean, honestly, so a lot of it is Bluebeam. I see BIM 360 being another one. BIM 360 docs is what, 300 bucks for an entry level license of, of just BIM 360 document management, being able to share and give in, give all of that information, essentially giving even more into BIM, sharing those different file types, things like that. BIM, um, I want to say Bluebeam projects is going to be huge. Yes, BIM 360. Um, so I want to I want to go back to that real quick. That BIM 360 docs. Yes, low mm -hmm. low cost of entry. Um, I, you know I've got f firms like massive firms using BIM 360, and then I've got small firms using BIM 360. Mm -hmm. And I just came across like a really cool use case for BIM 360. I just want to share it real quick. Um, uh, you know, I got into a, a local design firm. Um, you know, not a large one, but he collaborates. They collaborate with a lot of large um, uh, contractor or large uh, design firms, right? He's, you know, well known and beloved in his industry. But he was looking for a way to collaborate with these uh, these people in a more seamless fashion. So he wanted to go out and buy the licenses of uh, BIM 360 and dole them out and be mm -hmm. able to uh, collaborate. But what he was looking for is like check in, check out methods. Um, uh, comparison tools um, and just a glorified, you know, repository. But he could have got the glorified repository from any FTP site out there, right? Yep. You know, whether you're talking yep. Box or, or you know, Microsoft's uh, stuff or you know, SharePoint well, or whatever. Like you could have got this from anywhere. But what he was really looking for is a way to see what's changed, 
make sure that he's always on the latest version and communicate yes. his latest version to other people. Yes. And then when he wants to collaborate, allow a check-in, check-out process. And again, this is like – I think he bought like, you know, you say 10 seats or something like that. And it's, you know, uh, again, less than 300 bucks a seat if you're buying a 10-pack. And again, I'm not, not, I'm not out here like selling – like, hey, call me to buy BIM 360. I'm just saying <laughs> the the cool benefits that were that came out of it almost instantaneously um, well, were amazing. Like he was he was able to work in a more collaborative manner than he's ever had ever been able to work before um, with these uh, external firms that are essentially he's relying on because um, uh, you know he's he's a he's a consultant a contractor yep. for them. Well, I mean, honestly, that's one of the biggest things, man, out there is going to be versioning. I mean, of course, you want to be able to share information. BIM 360, Bluebeam Projects, Plan Grid, Procore, all of it. It's about like sharing information, allowing permissions or specifying permissions of who can get into where, who can do what. But again, it's all about versioning. It's about doing the compare, the um, I want to say the compare and overlay for Bluebeam, but it's the comparison of versions in BIM 360, right? And and it's it's seeing what version are we on, where are we at right now, what has changed between this version and that version, seeing what has changed. Okay, I just got a new revision. Maybe they didn't cloud everything because we all know how great people are at clouding revisions. Just, just cloud the whole sheet. Yeah, just cloud the entire thing. <laughs> What's it changed? What well, too much stuff's changed. Just cloud the whole sheet. <laughs> I love that, man. That's my oh, man. my favorite thing. Oh, that's why like Bluebeam does a great job. We can you know flip sheets do or do overlays. BIM 360, yep. we can flip sheets. Or if you actually have the the files themselves, it'll tell you what's been added, modified, or removed. I love that. Oh, like yeah. that to me. That's worth the 300 bucks. I'll pay that all day long right? uh, just, just to have that functionality. I don't care about anything else. That to me, that's it. Like you well, do the version control and you tell me what's been changed, done, sold. The big thing for me there is, of course, yes, all of that, the versioning, telling me what's changed from version to version. If it is in Revit, being able to see exactly what changes with, you know, okay, we, we adjusted this window size and it's going to cost me this much more because – you know, I'm taking this much brick and adding it into it, or it, it, it analyzes everything from one version to the next. So that's great. But the big thing about something like BIM 360 that I want to say is that it is, again, giving into BIM in terms of it's starting you out with docs. It's getting you into it with collaboration. But really, it starts building into it when you get into like the cost module and you get into assemble. You can take an entire model and just strip it down and it knows exactly what changes based off the version that you're in on costing and budget. And, and it's automatically, I don't want to say automatically because you're publishing to assemble, but yeah. it, it's auto It's pretty much automatically uh, adjusting everything for your, for your budget based off of that module. You get into the project management, you get into field management, you get into ops. I mean, there's so many things that go into that I want to say the whole BIM 360 kind of um, offering, right? That really gives into this entire process. And and I mean, yes, I know that BIM 360 is doing it right now. And, and I'm not trying to, you know, just jump on the BIM 360 train here. I'm just saying in general, you're seeing more capabilities there in, in terms of starting out. You have this module, you have this, you have that. Okay. When you're ready, 
yes, okay, step it up, pay a little bit more, and let's grab this cost module, let's get this build module, let's get let's get ops. Because we're starting to get into this, we're doing this for the entire process. Yeah. That's well, what I'm seeing. So, so I mean, that's again, that's big pie in the sky. It's a great way to, um, you know, platforms like BIM 360, and I, I'm a you know, again, I'm a big BIM 360 evangelist. I love it inside and out. Um, I'm also at times its biggest critic, but oh, I will yeah. say I love it and I talk about it everywhere I can, um, especially now with the collaboration for civil and all that stuff functionality coming out, but or that's available. But but what I'm getting at now is um, those platforms, platforms like that, those are essentially the future of where all this is going, right? You're going to need something like that to manage every aspect as we move to more IPD type projects, more uh, design builds. Like as we move into more of these, um, uh, specific contract types of the projects where we're working more closely with the design team, or maybe we are the design team and the construction team. All that stuff starts to uh, to play very, very. Um, uh, it's very important. It starts to play very well with each other and all the different people involved. But it's very important to a good collaboration. And um, again, this is all very pie in the sky stuff. But let's take it back something simpler. We're talking about digitizing construction processes. Whether you're doing a uh, survey, whether you're doing a uh, vertical layout, whatever it is, uh, back in the day, we used to, you're going to laugh at this. I actually had to do this before. Um, I was uh, forced to use some ABNY levels and some, uh, uh, um, some marked poles and all that stuff to figure out elevations. We were pulling chain. We were doing all kinds of stuff with old technology, like really old theatolites and stuff like that. Um, now, can you imagine being able or having to like read off of plot descriptions and say, well, at this tree, you know, 300 paces to the left uh, and uh, or, you know, 200 links via chain or something like that. And then, you know, make a jeg to the right. Like it tells you all this stuff. This is the the plot detail um, before civil files and before before the digital files. Um, this is how we used to lay out property lines. This is how we knew boundary corners. This is how we would define state boundaries. That's crazy. Now take that even, you know, uh, you know, 50 years into the future, right? Uh, to even say five years ago, um, and in some firms still today, where they're actually still pulling tape on a on a vertical job site to do their layout. They're looking at a PDF or not a PDF, they're looking at paper plans that they're marking up um, and then they're they're pulling out tape to figure out where stuff goes. Now imagine digitizing that process. That's where we are today, right? We can simply yes. digitize that process with uh, something like a total station and have um, oh, scanners, a civil 3D file or uh, a Revit file with the points already in it and just start laying out. Like that digitization the ROI that is instantly seen from digitizing those antiquated processes is at least 600%. Like we are easily um, paying for itself in like two jobs done. Now, yes. like that's just the simple stuff, stuff that we don't think about when we talk about digitizing construction. I still walk on job sites and see people pulling tape. Um, yep. There was this uh, brilliant uh, BIM coordinator uh, over at Mortensen Construction in Chicago I uh, don't want to put him on blast, but uh, he had a great uh, he had a great line while I was out there uh, a few months back doing a presentation. He said, um, "What was it? I don't I don't want to butcher it, but it was uh, uh, if you're pulling tape on a job site, 
um, still using these antiquated ways, your competition's going to trip over your tape and still pass you and lay out 1,200 more points than you um, and get the job done quicker and cheaper. Yep. 100%. Dude. That was, it was 100%. like, it was beautiful. Uh, it, was, it was something along those lines. Uh, I'm butchering it again. Um, half a glass of scotch in so uh, you know you know the the standard uh, um, quote on here is don't quote me so <laughs> <laughs> don't quote the, the statistics yeah but yeah don't, dude don't, don't quote this I quote am, I am like I'm 100% there I mean I, I I started in you know construction in the architectural industry and a lot of times you go into these existing buildings and you're trying to take tapes or you know, range finders, essentially your, your laser finders. And we're, we're trying to figure out what our measurements are. And it's like, okay. And, and, and even for construction, we're, we're trying to figure out what are our existing conditions? Well, you know what, instead of going out 10, 15 times, or maybe that's overly exaggerating depending on the job size, but well, just instead have to go of back going out, out one, or, one or two more times, like exactly having you, a having point to, cloud of that it's it's sorry i figured that's where you were going yes that's exactly where i'm going that's exactly we're mind reading today so we're finishing each other's sentences but (laughs) 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 that's exactly it man being able to take that scan being able to send that one person or two people out there once and and take all of those images that you need and have it in a point cloud that you can refer to time and time again and at the same time i had someone ask me this last week what is the point of a point cloud? Why, what are we modeling off of this? What is it going to give me? Well, you know, you don't have to go through and model from, I mean, model that point cloud. People seem to think sometimes that a point cloud is just an image that I cannot model off of it, that where is it going to go? I will tell you straight off that you can, you can, instantly make a model from that point cloud you adjust the crops you adjust your view ranges you're cutting down into the first floor you're taking measurements you know your existing conditions i can create a floor plan based off of a point cloud complete and you know what's going on and then you can model from there now you can recreate some of those elements obviously if you have a wall and you're going to bust through it you're going to put a door in there anything like that you would need to account for, for what you're doing and what you're taking out, what you're putting in, that type of information. But as far as everything else that you're not, why spend the time modeling that in? Why spend the time sending people out just to document things that, of course, it has to be done for permitting, but you don't need to physically do it yourself. You're not yeah. touching it. I have uh, customers, um, I should say we have customers, right? Um, we're on the same team. Um, <laughs> Go team, go. Rah, 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 cheer. Uh, Anyways, uh, we've got customers that uh, on specific projects, you know, the owners ask for an as-built model. Um, They're just giving them a point cloud as an as-built model. They're saying, all right, this is is what we did. Like, here's your point cloud, you know. That's it. That's it. it. Yep. They're happy with that. They're they're blown away that they got a point cloud. A point cloud that took them, you know, maybe 30 minutes and, you know, five setups to to knock out. and then maybe, you know, a few hours of just letting their computer run in the office. Like, that's it. Like, they, it, it did it all. They didn't have to do anything. They got this amazing blink cloud of the as-built, and they're done. They're ready to go. Yep. Love it. It's perfect, I man. Love it. 
Like it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Um, no, it doesn't. So I so think, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say I think I think a lot of it is setting the expectations. It's it's letting owners and letting GCs, subcontractors, everyone know what is needed and what wants what we want to be done. Right? Every every project is different. Construction is chaos, construction is custom. We know this. Mm-hmm. So the right tool for one job is not the right tool for another job or the right output for one job is probably not, you know, not always going to be the right output for the next job, but yep. it gives you a basis to move forward and say, Hey, look, I did a scan on this project. The owner accepted it as my as built. Maybe the owner will do the same for here, or maybe he wants me to model it, but let's ask him because if you can get away doing a scan, you just saved yourself, you know, hundreds of hours, you know, definitely. Well, at least at the very minimum, tens of hours in having to update existing drawings. Definitely. And sending people out to document those changes and having to come back to the office and model it in. And well, again, no matter, that, what, no matter what you're going to do a scan, and, you know, yep. realistically, if you think about it, if you've got a, a you know, $80 million project, um, you were going to do a scan anyways, you know, at some point in the project, whether it's after, um, you know, uh, you know, after completion for as built or whether it's just during different phases in the project to see what's been completed uh, for verification or payout, you know, payouts, whatever, you know, progress tracking at some point in time, a scan is becoming more commonplace. It's happening. So, you know, if I paid the, you know, $70,000 or, you know, whatever, $60,000 for a scanner, a good, good scanner, I'm going to use it as much as I can to get the most ROI out of it and try and use it on every job. So if I, if I built it into one project, I'm going to use it on every project. That's the mentality, right? So yep. if I'm already done that, I've already made that investment. I'm already, I'm t- 10 to one. I'm already scanning other, I'm already using that to scan other projects. So at that point, I'm already scanning enough. At some point in time, I, I would have that scan anyways. Well, why not just take that scan and, you know, scan one more time at the end and say, Hey, here's an as built and just call it good. Um, yep. I don't know if that always happens, but, uh, uh, if you're able to do a scan at the end of the project, um, at the very least, you can compare that against the model that was created, assuming there was a model, and then actually uh, update your model to make changes and see, you know, what what you need to update. Um, because if if you can do that, um, then you really actually have an as-built model, not yep. just an as-built point cloud. Two different hashtag, things. But... Hashtag verification. Woo-woo. Verification. Woo-woo. <laughs> oh, man. We need cheerleaders, dude. Uh Jumping off topic, but I can't wait till we get this set up with cameras and um, doing some screen shares because I got some really cool stuff I want to show. Um, plus, uh, when the weather's nice, I want to be down here sipping some scotch, smoking a fat stogie, so uh, you yes. guys can see me do that. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> get a Drew Estate dor- torpedo. Drew Ooh. Estate torpedo. There you go. Drew Estate. I'm a I'm a simple man. Onyx reserves. Those are my uh, those are my jam. Um, hard to find. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, love them. Love them. I like the Drew Estate Naturals, the Drew Estate Tobacco Special. Yeah. I, I, smoked, I just, oof. Smoked a cheap cigar today. Uh, I say cheap. I think it was like, you know, eight bucks for a four pack <laughs> or something like that. But they That's were real bad. cigars. They, they weren't like, um, you know, they weren't black and miles. They were a step above black and miles. I'll give them that. But uh, some <laughs> local, you know, Pennsylvania tobacco or something. But it, was, it wasn't bad, man. It wasn't good. Or it wasn't, right. wasn't horrible. It was good. It wasn't bad, uh, anyways, but it wasn't good. 
<laughs> it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. It's, it was okay, guys. To be honest, it was okay. Um, so digitizing construction, keep it simple here, guys. Uh, we can go really robust and talk about really cool algorithms and uh, doing all this stuff, but uh, we can keep it as simple as saying, hey, hey, don't be a dummy, man. Quit pulling tape. Yep. Use an dang total station. Use Bluebeam. Yep. Use a PDF creation tool to communicate your markups and all that stuff. Bluebeam yep. does something else for you. You can do takeoffs in it. We can we can calculate slope pipe. We can do um, you know square footage. We can tie all this stuff back to Excel and do. You can do really si logistical site planning. You can actually oh. site plan with Bluebeam Review. It's crazy, man. That's crazy. Love it. Yes, that's, that's a new new use case for me. I've never even never never even seen that or heard of that. But uh, I mean, I've heard of you know logistic site planning, but yes, uh, never in Bluebeam. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it's it's using the tools that you have to do what you need. Bluebeam Review will get get you where where you need to go in in pretty much wherever you think. You can yeah. do site planning, you can do takeoff and estimating, you can do conceptual design, and and then sharing and collaborating. So it's about also, you know, of course, when you digitize those forms, when you're getting all that information up, what do you do with it? Well, it's yeah. a lot of those solutions so bluebeam pushed out bluebeam drawings bim 360 is capable of going out on mobile devices so you're seeing bim 360 drawings or bluebeam drawings why i mentioned it is because you can pull it up on a mobile device and that's going to be huge because it's giving the people in the field the capability to access any of those documents access anything that they need from the field so that's also giving into that digitization of construction pushing up that information and allowing it to be accessible through any means necessary. I love it, man. I love it. You know, um, I want to, I want to dial it back again, keep it simple for the little guys that, uh, that are maybe new and getting into this stuff. Um, you know, if you're, if you're not, um, if you're not responsible for the designs, right. Say maybe you're mm -hmm. contracting somebody's giving you the designs. Yep. The best thing you can do is buy, you know, a PDF creation and PDF markup tool that allows for collaboration. Like, Oh yeah, that is, that is the break, the best thing you can do. But at the very least, if you are doing designs, um, chances are at the very base bottom, you're using AutoCAD, right? Yep. You know, let's, let's face it. AutoCAD is still the uh, most sold Autodesk product to date. I, I believe that's still accurate. I heard the mm -hmm. statistic like, like a year ago. So, you know, don't 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 quote my don't statistics. Quote you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the reason why I bring it up is AutoCAD is more than just AutoCAD these days. Inside of AutoCAD, now I get access to all the ridiculous tool sets that come with it. Like so, your your MEP, you get AutoCAD MEP tools with it. Um, what this does is this is actually going to speed up your design process, allow you to do 3D, and bring in um, a more robust coordination workflow. But beyond that, beyond doing, you know, having these great, uh, you know, 3D creation tools that'll speed up your drawings and all that stuff. Really where the key is and what I'm talking about for digitizing the construction site um, is getting these additional tools that already come with it that maybe you guys aren't aware of. Um, are you aware of AutoCAD on the web? No, I wasn't. I wasn't actually, no. Um, so there's an AutoCAD mobile app and there's AutoCAD web app. Uh, wow. So we're talking about doing, you know, Bluebeam stuff on the cloud. 
But if you're already paying for AutoCAD, you got AutoCAD with uh, advanced tool sets or, or just plain AutoCAD or whatever it is, um, look at the version, look at what's included in entitlements. If you guys uh, want to reach out to us to figure out what you guys have access to, no problem. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll set you guys straight on, on what you need. But the AutoCAD mobile app, the AutoCAD web app, um, allows you to do those markups and actually edit the AutoCAD drawings right in the field. So moving a step beyond doing markups and red lines, but being able to actually alter the drawing right in the field. Now, that's not always a great idea. Uh, to give somebody that access. But if you are the one creating those designs, if your guy is out in the field and he's saying, actually, you know what, this rack isn't going to fit here. You need to move this here, here, and here. And he's able to make those changes out in the field rather than editing a PDF, sending it back to the office, having them make the updates, but he's making it there on the fly. And maybe he's taking a, f a photo and sending it back to the office for, for uh, um, you know, verification. verification. Yep. 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 Done, man. AutoCAD, simple, simple little AutoCAD. Um, Gives you these uh, these great you know field application tools that we need for digi digitizing construction. I Crazy. like it. Yeah. It is. All right. Did you have anything else you want to talk about on digitizing construction before we uh, wrap this episode up, bud? No, I don't think so. I want to say thank you to all of our listeners, and uh, if you guys have any feedback or anything you'd like us to go ahead and talk about, just let us know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I now enabled I think a forum on our website. Um, uh, let me actually, I'm going to add another page again, uh, more changes to our website are coming soon as our listeners grow. So does our, um, our engagement <laughs> with our, with so our do we. So, yes, do so do we. So do we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more listeners we get and, and it's growing. I love it. Um, it's, uh, it forces us to make sure that we're doing better and making content more easily accessible to people and making it more, uh, easy for them to listen to us as well as more easy to interact with us. So, uh, there are, you know, big changes coming to our Twitters, uh, our websites, uh, and the way we share podcasts. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, I want to thank you, like David said, to our listeners. And, um, I want to thank, um, the great inventors of alcohol. Yes. Yes. <laughs> for uh without this uh nothing would be possible thank you so much <laughs> all right man well i'm gonna stop recording right now thank you all right thank you joe